0: This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here with a new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast. It's the end of the year, quite a good time to look into what 2017 is going to bring to us in the music industry. So this is exactly what we are going to do on today's show with Chris Carrie, the founder of Fast Forward, which is a music conference aimed at those under 35 working in the music business, to be super clear right away: if you are over 35, don't feel offended. Keep listening. Chris will explain that there is nothing against you at all, and will clarify where this a quote restriction is coming from. In the next half an hour, you are going to hear the highlights from this year's fast forward as well as predictions for 2017. We talk streaming, we talk big data, we talk live scene, we talk blockchain, social media, gaming, and so much more. Chris, who, by the way, was among Music Week's 30 Under 30 in 2014 and has worked at the likes of Universal and EMI, is an amazing mind. I learned a lot from him here, and hopefully you will gather quite a few insights from this podcast episode as well. If you're attending Fast Forward 2017, which will take place in Amsterdam, let me know. I'll be there, so we totally should meet. And now, finally, enjoy the conversation with Chris Kerry and leave your feedback or comments on iTunes or SoundCloud. Chris, hello to Whispering Recipes. I'm uh, very glad to have you on the show. And let me know how you're doing.
1: Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Uh, doing well so far.
0: Do you mind uh, uh, answering this uh, question that we've got at the beginning of most of our podcast episodes and do a little bit of an introduction on yourself and tell us um, the, mention the things that you've been doing in the music industry. I know that there is a bunch of really exciting things, so I I would just love to hear them
1: from you personally. Sure. So I run a company called Media Insight Consulting. Um, We do a mix of big data analytics and consumer surveys. And we've worked with companies like Spotify, Sony Music, BMG Rights, um, VO2 Arena, um, Sony ATV, that kind of client. And we do a range of things for them from kind of consumer surveys through to crunching billions of rows, even hundreds of billions of rows of data to understand kind of key trends in the music industry and making data useful and powerful for artists. I also run a music conference called Fast Forward aimed at under 35s in the music industry to give an opportunity for people to meet each other at a young age and to network kind of without the fear of the boss watching on. And so you've got that kind of dynamic whereby normally for big conferences, the top of the tree, the bosses go, and often the more junior staff are left to look after the office and to make sure the work goes on. This is an right. opportunity for those more junior teams to come out to meet each other but to experience the same quality of speakers, same calibre of event but just aimed at them specifically. And just to be clear, we don't hate people who are over 35. (laughs) But lots of good friends who are over 35. I've got a lot of good friends who gave me a hard time about the under 35s thing. And it's simply to just guide people so that we know it's aimed at that next generation, future leader perspective, rather than being for everybody. Got you all clear.
0: Excellent. So I do have uh, a few questions about uh, uh, fast forward for sure. I really like how you 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 mentioned the focus of of your company the uh, the fact that you work with uh, lots of data it seems like uh, everyone talks about data in the music industry especially lately but so few people really understand how to turn data into into insights and some valuable information so how do you feel about the 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 whole the whole space of uh, music analytics and uh, and data and uh, has it become more difficult to make sense out of um, everything that's coming from the streaming platforms and social media platforms and retailers and so on? Yeah. So ha- and how required your your services are in this space right now? From in your opinion?
1: So in a desperate bid not to talk about myself too much, I'll start with the market situation and then we'll kind of talk through different. Sit- of scenarios that have arisen. The music industry historically was not always great with data. Um, charts were the main kind of source of information. They were looked at very much kind of engaging with a sales chart that told you week on week how much you were selling. The charts have evolved, the charts have improved, and you're getting more and more information from the chart companies about what sells and increasingly about what streams. And that's interesting. You also get that information much more regularly, so daily now or even more often than that. They can be updated to data. You can easily sit and watch the iTunes chart bob up and down following how your artist is doing at least. There have been a lot of changes in the music industry. The availability of data has grown considerably from weekly chart sales data to now getting daily and even more regularly updates on who's streaming, how much they're streaming. And more than that, you can even get now to a person level so you can understand if the same person who streamed you 100 times yesterday has come back today and you can look at their behaviour in the future to see if you are not, not just making a fan, but retaining a fan. If you think about how the music industry has changed from a pure sales model, where you make all your money from being interesting for a short period of time with high intensity to get a sum of cash from someone once, now to make money from that same album, you're looking at about keeping people engaged. It's about keeping them interested in your music for a long time and building quality over a long period of time, rather than excitement just for a short while. To me, data is more important in that second world where you have to keep a conversation going. You have to keep someone interested. And I think that helps drive a lot of the interesting data we see. You asked about demand for services. I think there's a risk at the moment that people see data as a fix-all, a panacea, and they see data as having the answers to all their questions. Often people look at data and say, it hasn't answered my question. But often as well, we don't know which questions to ask of the data. And so one of the things we help do is frame what are the important questions. You could ask infinite numbers of questions with the data that is now available, with the billions of rows of data that exist. But there are a handful of killer questions that you should always ask. And another handful of critical questions that you need to know once in a while. So a lot of what we do is help people understand, yes, there's lots of data. But what are your questions? What are your business needs? The data is almost the same for everybody. What do you need to do with it? And that's how we help.
0: That's interesting. So, what, what questions to ask is sometimes more important than the actual answers because you may be looking into information for the stuff that, is, that will not help your brand that much. Can you provide any examples, maybe thinking of the of an indie artist or, or a record label, an example of a couple of questions that you consider the right questions?
1: Yeah, I mean, so looking at how a fan base changes over time is really interesting, particularly on streaming services. So you can see the development of a profile and you can see whether that's normal for the genre. So dance tracks particularly can be quite quick to arrive and quite quick to go away. Whereas obviously a catalogue artist with an existing fan base, you'd expect a different shape. So you'd expect that to grow more steadily over time. And then when releases come out, expect it to kind of to spike up and then decline again from that, kind of from that high point. And so the makeup of those people who are listening over and over again is really interesting because you could have a hundred thousand streams today, a hundred thousand streams tomorrow, but it might be completely different people generating that. What share of the people who are listening tomorrow, listen, today? how many people are coming back is a metric you could never have considered before as a really important one.
0: That's something I can agree that I don't see it being asked way too often. So oftentimes, um, a label or a musician may think uh, in terms of a specific records, one release, and not a more global strategy. And seeing how how it helps uh, retain fans and super fans, and how to make them more engaged. Yeah, and uh, I believe the strategies around um, releases, especially for labels, uh, become more uh, sophisticated and interesting again. Uh, I've recently had yeah, some interesting thoughts. On even on the importance of uh, getting into playlists on Spotify, for example, and so on. When it may not work out for you too well if you if you don't have a proper background and a fan base and some uh, something going on around your brand. If you get featured somewhere, because it may fade away too quickly. So it, it has to be everything has to be part of a bigger strategy. I mean, it's been like that all the time, but now it gets more sophisticated with. Uh, with streaming platforms and so on, so yeah, I don't have. I don't have a specific question to you here. Just, uh, it's a fascinating topic, and I would like to get more insights from you on that. But maybe at this point, you may want to mention any particular. Were there any interesting insights on the matter at Fast Forward this year? Unfortunately, I couldn't attend. I read a bunch of great articles and um, reviews and uh, posts from there, but I'm curious if you. Had found anything interesting yourself uh, from that event, and uh, and uh, were there any predictions for this year that you that were particularly interesting to you?
1: Certainly. So, continuing with the streaming conversation, we had Will Page, who's chief economist at Spotify, presenting and talking about the Dutch market and how they've seen their revenues from Holland grow. If I was to predict for the year ahead, I expect they're going to continue to see significant growth in Holland. But what's interesting is their partnership uh, with the telco out there has developed and has grown, but has now really it's run its course and people are still engaging with Spotify. The people who came in through that bundle deal are staying with the service and more people are interested, even though the bundle is not available, in signing up for Spotify. And so that's really interesting to see. And of course, from the data, they can measure that very nicely. Um, thinking outside of streaming, we talked about the future of live music and it was really interesting looking through the different incentives that exist for different players and how becoming increasingly close between different parts of the market can drive efficiency. And so Ticketmaster Live Nation it was obviously very interesting. The promotions are, I'm joining with the ticketing company and the innovation around ticketing is one we're going to be looking at a fast forward in February and should be a really interesting panel. The role of gaming or rather how gaming is making money was particularly interesting last year as well. Combining the live theme You've got a dynamic whereby people will watch each other play computer games live in the same way as you might turn up to watch a ball game, watch a baseball match. In my case, watch cricket. <laughs> and so you've got these people going to stadiums, going to arenas to watch the best people at these games compete. And they make a lot of money off merchandise in a way that music simply doesn't. And Music's got an interesting merch strategy, but you look at the execution at events like Insomnia, uh, which right. is a big gaming festival that takes place in the UK. It is incredible, the activation that goes with it, as well as the money that is made with it. And it was really interesting to look at that from a music point of view. I wonder if we're actually maximizing our opportunity, or if there's more to be had there. They also do a good job of fan engagement. I'm sure there are lessons to be learned. We have a gaming panel this year, putting together people who have different perspectives on gaming, different backgrounds, to talk to them about what the music industry might be able to do differently.
0: That's huge. Uh, I love uh, looking for inspiration in some non-music Industries such as tech and startups, but gaming is booming. So that's quite exciting, uh, exciting for sure. And uh, just to be clear for our listener, it's something that uh, anyone can do to kind of look into an industry like gaming and uh, see how people, how brands, influencers do it and build audiences there and see if they can apply something to uh, their own project. It's not like just for some bigger artists it's something that anyone can try to apply because most of our listeners are independent musicians trying to build their core audiences It's uh, Some of them are at early stages of their careers and I'm just um, trying to to make it clear that everything we're talking about is applicable to them directly as well. So maybe you've got any particular example uh, of specifically talking about games that, that sounds like uh, something that's, uh, musicians could be bracing more.
1: Absolutely. So hopefully this, this works for artists of all levels. But the thing that gaming does, I would say, much better than the music industry, is makes people pay for extra value, and they don't mind putting an inferior product into market and having you pay to remove adverts or having you pay to advance more quickly. If we take a game like Boom Beach, so indulge me thirty seconds. This is a game where you collect resources, you attack other people, you collect their resources and you build a better base every time you click to build something it will take 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour the longer the game goes on the longer this process takes and what you will find is that you can spend diamonds if you want to to speed things up these diamonds are available at financial cost you spend real money to buy diamonds to help build a better cannon let's say they are very happy to make the experience inconvenient for the user in order to exploit their willingness to pay for convenience, whereas I wonder sometimes if the music industry is very quick to include extra things at the same price right rather than trying to generate additional revenue. And to defend the music industry, let's be clear, iTunes set the price initially for what a download would cost. Streaming services have set the price for all the music in the world on a monthly basis. There's a challenge for music in doing this, but for individual artists, that notion of not giving everything away, that people are willing to pay and if you withhold it, the people who are willing to pay will pay is very important. And for me, is a fundamental distinction between gaming and the music industry.
0: I'm following you here, clearly. But to be clear, just so we are not, uh, just this is not misunderstood. So you, you are not against the idea of making music available on uh, the various platforms out there, such as streaming platforms and uh, probably YouTube and so on. So uh,
1: any feedback on that for indie musicians out there? Really good to qualify that because I'm a big fan of Spotify, of the other streaming services out there for Deezer, for Apple Music. I think they make music available to the consumer in a very practical way. I think for artists, being where your fans are is incredibly important. And so if I'm an Apple Music user, you need to be available to me if I'm going to be a fan of yours, So I have my way of listening to music and you need to meet me where I am. I think that's crucial. YouTube is interesting because you get your followers and you can engage that way. You can retarget people for marketing. The value that each service gives you differs somewhat, and that's worth exploring. But in honesty, you need to be everywhere. We look at the holdouts, so people have decided not to go on one service or not on another in order to get an exclusive for one period for one service. And it doesn't look to be helping them in the long run. It's worth experimenting. It was worth indulging. But if you look at the data, particularly around the charts and the dropout rate for people who are not on, major streaming services, they really struggle. If streaming is in the charts in your country, it's particularly important that you're available and that you're seeing the benefit of that rather than not available. Got you. That's good to know and uh, makes sense.
0: So you mentioned uh, uh, these interesting uh, fields of uh, gaming and finding some inspiration there, some cool trends in the live industry. Were there Anything else this year overall in the music industry that uh, you think is uh, important to highlight? Maybe signs of some bigger changes coming up or any trends maybe in social media that you paid particular attention to?
1: Yeah. I mean, so the blockchain conversation was very interesting. So Benjamin Benji Rogers from Pledge talking about the opportunity for blockchain to drive greater transparency and faster payments through a centralized database. I think the technology itself is still being worked out, but those conversations around transparency for artists and having people get paid much more efficiently, much more effectively, were really important conversations and it's been good to see that develop throughout the rest of the year. I'm sure it will continue into the coming year that we need to do more to make sure musicians are being looked after and particularly that songwriters don't get forgotten because so often the person who writes the song isn't necessarily the person who records the song. And we need to make sure that every step in the chain can be remunerated. And again, that's partly where blockchain could play a role in pulling things together. Of the other topics we looked at last year, we had Sammy Andrews speak about the future of the music industry, and she was keen to highlight the importance of artists, that so often artists get talked about but not talked to, that they are seen as the commodity rather than actually as they could possibly be seen as more, obviously from a talent point of view. Yeah. And it's incredibly important to look after artists. You might have seen Help Musicians UK and others are talking more and more about the importance of mental health for artists. And I think that element of looking after, those conversations need to continue and need to grow um, into the coming year as well. That's great. I've had some interesting conversations about
0: the, the health, uh, physical health for artists as well, because there is a number of uh, ways musicians playing in bands can be injured. <laughs> and it's it's a real thing. So, I mean, there, there, is, there is a ton of... Uh, Areas there that is just that are oversought. so that's great indeed. And I hope, and so like just as everyone in the industry helping artists anyhow, hope that there will be more interest in uh, companies uh, helping musicians in different ways, including investment and supports of uh, different kinds of that's a massive one. And blockchain, it's it's promising. Although I still have this uh, feeling that I mean, it, it it sounds amazing in theory, but. Considering how complicated the industry is and how traditionally it is, uh, it's so difficult to imagine how it's been implemented on a global scale, but I hope there will be some progress with it. Do you feel positive about the whole blockchain thing? Do you think we'll see something uh, being rolled out on a massive scale anytime soon, even in the
1: coming years? I think if I look at the conversations, I I share your concern that maybe the technology isn't the right technology or that the technology is being applied to a complex human problem and those human problems are what needs solving more so necessary than the technology underneath it so it would be easy to be cynical um, or I say cynical I don't mean to call you that I mean <laughs> the, it would be easy to kind of see the problems yeah. and naturally that's where I sit my, my skill set in life is I see problems and when something's 99.9% right I'm the annoying person with my hand up going sorry you missed a bit that's my skill set in life that said I do like the quality of people who are talking about it. Yeah. And the quality of people they can then get into a room to all talk together. And if all it achieves is that transparency is talked about in the right rooms by the right people and improves. And if speed of payment is talked about with all the right people and improves. And not forgetting songwriters is talked about with all the right people and improves. I think that is a huge win that no one will ever see. And I think the risk is if we look for the first implementation of blockchain on a global scale as the first success of this project. And I think we've missed some of the wins they've already had. That would right. be my view. I agree.
0: I agree. That's a good point. 2017, any particular, any additional predictions out of the bunch that you've mentioned already? Anything, anything related to social media by any chance in terms of what you see coming in, in, in the next year?
1: Yeah, I think as Facebook, have obviously been pushing Facebook video for a long time. I think how they handle looking after rights holders will be very interesting whether they are looking to remunerate for content played on their platform, and whether they look to step towards music. There's a, there are rumours around that they want to consider a music platform. I think that will be very interesting to see if they go down that route. And if they do, they, they need to be a little cautious because Apple Music was expected to come in and dominate. I remember I was teaching at Berklee College of Music and one lad at the back said, well, it's over for Spotify. Apple have got 500 million, 800 million phones around the world. And it's over. And that simply wasn't the case. Yeah. And I think the there's a need for a high quality music service if they're going to compete with the existing high quality music services. sheer size is not enough. And so that would be one one that I watch. I'm not rude enough to predict that they will enter badly first, but I'm hoping they'll have a very good look before they step in if they go into music. I really hope this year they'll start paying rights holders for exploitation on Facebook.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I, I can't agree more.
0: And uh, overall, just can add from myself, what I've seen lately is that uh, some there is a lot of musicians who succeeded building audiences online on social media and uh, telling interesting stories, but oftentimes it's difficult to convert those followers into listeners. Uh, some kind of deeper integration with music is missing sometimes on all major, on most of major social media platforms. So it's not like you use Facebook to listen to music. You use Facebook to entertain yourself and uh, to see what your friends are up to and so on. And so uh, oftentimes it, it it becomes a struggle to convert those fans or followers into actual active listeners on streaming platforms, for example. I'm not sure if you, if you agree with these points. And do you think we'll see any improvements in that area?
1: I think if the streaming happens on the platform... If it happens in the same place as gathering the fans, I can see incentives for let's say Facebook to do a better job of connecting people. When you think about Facebook's core purpose it's to keep people on their own site, at which point linking off to other places, they're clearly not fond of. If you look at the relative success of YouTube videos on Facebook before and after Facebook launched its own video platform, it's quite a dramatic shift. And so I think if Facebook want to be the holistic destination for music, they can deliver a streaming service and they're well-placed and a high-quality streaming service with the recommendation features, with the discovery features um, that already exist on other platforms, if you combine that with what Facebook knows about you already, given the sheer volume of information they have, it could be a really interesting proposition or it could be less interesting than we're hoping for. We shall see. Let's see. Yeah, indeed.
0: Going back to fast forward, two thousand six. Uh, mm. so, sorry, 2017, and uh, so... You mentioned that this is a conference for like the focus is on under thirty-five. You made it clear that it's not a requirement, but kind of uh, it's it's a direction. It's a, it's a great unique selling proposition, I believe. So, who is it for? Can you clarify a little bit more in terms of what kind of people you expect there? Is it for an just an indie artist who is looking for for new ways to? to improve their game in these walls of in the staff walls of music business or mainly for people working in the on the kind of, on the business
1: side so we're aiming at people who are kind of 2 or 3 years in to already working in the music industry mhm um, so the event is not particularly aimed at students and we're looking for people who are a couple of years in already in the industry and have that sort of solid working knowledge of the industry and i think If I look at last year's attendance, one in 10 people in the room was an artist and some of them were more emerging than others. We had some pretty big artists in the room for a conference of our size. I think an artist who wants to be successful and is already having success would probably meet some interesting people. So for, for artists who are already touring, already drawing a crowd, probably 200 people plus in their crowds, I think we could be a really good stepping stone. And for people who are not quite at that level yet, if I look at the cost of our tickets, I think spending money to get to that level, so spending the money you would have spent on a ticket, spend it, get into that level, invest it in yourself, keep building, and then when you're at that level, we would be a very, very helpful step, we think, in that process. And so we're aiming at people who, from the business side, are going to be influential in the future. They're influencing now, but they're going to be increasingly influential in the future. And also look at people who are kind of – they want to change the way things are done, not in a dramatic way, not in a throw out the old – kind of way, but just in the appropriateness of shaping what is new. And so for those innovative people, including those over 35, who want to shape what we are, where the industry is going, and meet people with like minds, I think they're the guys who should be with us in February, I hope.
0: Awesome. I appreciate the honest and detailed reply. It's very clear. We are leaving uh, links to to the websites and to some of your social media profiles in the show notes. But uh, for those listeners who are on the go, can you spell out the website where they can
1: find out more about Fast Forward? Certainly. So www.fastforward.xyz and has all the key information for the year ahead. And if you want to look on YouTube, there's a Fast Forward channel, which must be youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Fast forward underscore XYZ, and that will get you to the videos from last year. And so when I'm saying to the the more junior artists, it's not for you this year. We're not saying the content isn't. I just think your money is better spent investing in yourself. And then you can follow all the videos online after the event as well. So definitely don't want you to miss out. Definitely think the content's valuable, but we don't want to take your money and not do you as much good as we could we coming at it from
0: that's the approach I mean I love that. so thank you for that and uh, yeah thanks for, for all the insights you've shared so far and I'm looking forward to learning more and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person in February so I'm, I'm I'll be there for sure and um, yeah it's going to be an exciting event. There is a bunch of other things we haven't discussed, but I would like to pick up your brain maybe on uh, on this podcast uh, again in a year or so. So let's keep in touch. And thank you once again for everything you've shared. Thank you for the
1: opportunity. I uh, look forward to a beer in Amsterdam.
0: That's it. Thank you for listening. Once again, I hope to see some of the wispiners and the podcast listeners. And fast forward in 2017. Let me know if you're attending and in the meantime happy holidays to you your family and whoever is working with you on your ventures i hope that it will be a great amazing year for all of you thank you once again till next time do you have been listening to the we spin recipes podcast learn how we can help you improve your music career at we spin 12.com we spin
1: 12.